What is up YouTube? I've always wanted to say that. My name is Ben Hardy. This is the first video on this channel and basically what we're going to be doing is talking a bunch of college football, at least for the time being. So uh, if you're into that, you are in the right place. I'm glad to have you here. Go ahead, do me a favor, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button. Basically, like I said, what we're going to do here, we're going to be doing college football. Uh, this came about slowly, but surely I actually just decided this afternoon that this was something that I wanted to do. And so now I'm doing it. But last season in October, I started just for fun doing these little what we call them hype videos and sending them to my friends, which was just me sitting on my couch holding my cell phone video videoing myself giving a little uh, pump up speech to the boys in like the 10 or 11 o'clock a.m. hour on a Saturday getting them ready getting them pumped up to watch football that day and uh, since then a lot of them have been telling me you gotta put these on YouTube or uh, podcast form so here we are right now as we're recording it is 7 18 p.m. on Monday Labor Day uh, so we're getting ready in a little less than an hour here to get Clemson Duke kicked off to cap off week one and like I said it's Labor Day which is a great thing um, I was actually talking with a co-worker last week who said when someone asks me what my favorite holiday is most people will say you know Christmas Thanksgiving Halloween New Year's what have you he said I say Labor Day because that means football's back baby you got week one in the books, one more game tonight, obviously. NFL will be back next week. We got college NFL uh, for the next 14-ish weekends, and it's the best time of the year. Um, and he gets it. I fully agree with that. Uh, if you've got that mindset, then, like I said, you were in the right place here uh, watching these videos. So I'm thinking what I'm going to do, at least to start off with, the plan for this channel here is I will uh, post a preview to the week and then a recap of the week so two videos a week hopefully um the preview i don't know when it's going to be up each week it'll be uh either thursday friday or saturday morning but we will have it up for you by the time that noon slate gets kicked off every saturday uh my real job is uh pretty sporadic as far as working nights and stuff so depending on my schedule each week will determine when i get that preview up but like i said thursday friday or saturday morning we'll have that up for you and then the uh recap of that week i'll probably film that sometime on that sunday afternoon or sunday evening and have it up for you uh no later than monday so without further ado let us uh get into the week one recap Big picture, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. What I'm going to do here is go over the picks that I gave out to my friends against the spread, and uh, we'll go through those, see how I did, and we'll do that each week along with uh, going over you know, the major stories in the sport. Let's get one thing clear here in the first video. Gambling is illegal in the state of Georgia, which is where I am right now, um, but that's the great thing about uh, this thing here, the internet, is... It's not illegal in every state anymore. So you could be watching it in a state where it is legal, and you can take the picks that I give out in a weekly preview, and you can go bet those if you want to, and that's totally fine. I'm doing them for entertainment purposes only because, like I said, it's illegal, and I cannot tell a lie. I cannot break a law. I would never do that. But I do keep track of them. We'll be keeping a record the whole season uh, so we can keep up with how well we are doing. My first pick this week... I had a couple on Thursday night, so I had NC State minus 14. They were at UConn, which 
Why NC State is scheduling a road game at UConn, I don't know. That's bad athletic directoring by their athletic director. But at a minus 14, they're supposed to be pretty good in the ACC this year. So I was like, yeah, I know UConn, they had a special season last year. They went to a bowl game, but probably not sustainable. I think NC State should be able to bully them on the line of scrimmage and cruise to, you know, a 20-plus point win. That was wrong. Uh, they won the game, but it was very uninspiring. UConn uh, hung with them pretty much for the whole thing. Actually got out to an early 7-0 lead in that game. And NC State was never above that 14 number, I don't think. So, first one of week one, that was a stinker. The other one on Thursday night was for the big game on Thursday night, Florida-Utah. It was a low total. I went ahead, I took the under in that game, which was 45 and a half which, as you know, the final score was 24-11 to 11 Utah, so that was an easy winner. Uh, that one hit for us, so starting off 1-1 one and one here, I was doubtful Cam Rising was going to play. I got that 45-and-a-half number. Uh, honestly, I gave it out probably just a few hours before he was officially announced out, before that total dropped even more, so we got it at a good number, but it wouldn't have ended up mattering. It never got anywhere close down to 35, which is where the game ended up. So under was the right play there. So one and one on Thursday, going into Saturday. Guys, this noon slate on Saturday was a massacre for my picks. I had five picks in that noon slate, and they went 0-5. We rebounded, so stay tuned. But early on, it was bad. So this is what kind of a college football fan I am, by the way. My first pick that I gave out on week one Saturday, a noon game, was under 50 points in Bowling Green versus Liberty. I saw that game. It jumped off the screen, and I was like, that's going to be an ugly game. So I'm taking the under. And the under didn't hit, but the reasoning was because the game was too ugly. There were red zone turnovers. I'm talking about like in their own red zone, deep in their own territory turnovers, at least a point. There were pick sixes. There were big punt returns. Just bad football from Bowling Green, which is what we expected, let's be honest. But that one, just off to a bad start, bad taste in my mouth. The thought process was kind of sort of right, but it didn't end up working out for us. Uh, next, what I did, I am a Deion Sanders supporter. I think he's going to be good at Arkansas, Arkansas, Colorado. I'll cut that. Good at Colorado. I I let other people's opinion of their roster get into my head. If it was just me thinking and making that pick, I would have picked Colorado to cover that spread. You can even ask one of my group texts. I sent this to him on Tuesday of last week. I said, my head knows it's probably stupid, but my heart is saying Dion pulls the upset on Saturday. Now, I didn't end up giving out the pick. I didn't end up taking it, so uh, it doesn't matter, but that's where my head was at. But then during the week, there were just so many people who supposedly are supposed to know a lot about this sport, know all the recruits, set even recruiting rankings, saying that, yeah, Colorado, they're one of the worst rosters in the country. It's going to be ugly. So what I did is I waited till the game started, and uh, I gave out an alternate line, which would have been TCU minus 26.5. That would have been for plus 150 odds. I'm like, man, I can see them winning this thing by four touchdowns, and at plus 150, that's too good to pass up. Obviously, TCU lost the game outright. And then I also once... Colorado scored that opening touchdown, went in and uh, gave out TCU again to just win by a touchdown. So that was two losers in that game. 
Speaking of two losers in the same game, Rice versus Texas. I had Texas minus 34 and a half and the over. I was thinking with Texas going to Bama next week that they were going to have to have it all clicking right off the bat, right? Apparently, they, I hope for their sake that they were holding a lot back in that game because it was pretty ugly, a little bit of a constipated offense. And, you know, they got to be clicking a lot better than they were to uh, have a chance in Tuscaloosa this week. The over, JT Daniels. Guys, I'm a Georgia fan, okay? This is not going to be a Georgia channel. It's going to be about the whole sport and even other sports as we get into it. But I'm a big Georgia fan, right? I've seen every game that team has played since the turn of the century. I have never seen a Georgia quarterback have a better four-game stretch than JT Daniels did to close out the 2020 season. That's not hyperbole. I truly mean it. That is the best four games I've seen anybody in a Georgia uniform play a quarterback. And now, three years later, he's at Rice and playing poorly for them. Like, he is under the replacement level of a Rice quarterback right now. I don't know what happened to the guy, but anyway, that's another reason I like the over in that game. I was like, JT Daniels for Rice, like, he'll be able to score a couple touchdowns, get that total up, but uh, it was not to be. It was not to be. So, anyway, uh, moving on. So, uh for about a 1 or 2 o'clock kick, we were on Akron plus 10. That was my first winner of the day. Guys, they were playing Temple, and Temple was 10-point favorites. If Temple was playing Evans High School, we would have been taking the points there. Temple should not be double-digit favorites against anybody. Akron plus 10, we took it. Easy winner. I believe it was 24-21 final score. We had a full touchdown cushion in there on the spread. Uh, next up. UMass Auburn over 52 was the next play. Another easy, easy, easy winner. Guys, they hired Hugh Freeze despite all of his uh, controversy. They took a PR hit for it. Why did they hire Hugh Freeze? They did it for one reason, because the man scores points. I took the over in that game. It was only 52. I figured Auburn could get there by themselves. They did. And with UMass looking pretty competent in their Week 0 game, I was like, I mean, that was probably my favorite play of the day, honestly, and the results uh, reflected that. Another easy winner. Next, I got three big favorites that we took, a couple of them in the SEC here. Texas A&M minus 39. They were playing New Mexico. Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher is going to end in disaster, most likely. Those two guys, it's just not going to work long term. But playing a team like New Mexico week one, they're going to try to be cohesive. They're going to be slinging it around. It's going to be all hunky-dory. Uh, you know, They're going to put some good stuff on tape for Miami this week. Vertical passing game, they were slinging it around. Their wide receivers look great. Connor Wegman, big-time player at quarterback there with some actually competent offensive coaching now with Petrino coming in. He's going to have a big year. Next was Alabama minus 39. I just, I felt that they had an off season full of negative headlines. You know, people are down on their program a lot. Kirby overtaking Saban as Georgia overtaking Alabama. I just felt they were going to come out, send a message. It doesn't matter who our quarterback is. We're going to be pounding teams this year. And that's exactly what they did. Minus 39, not a problem. Easy cover for the Tide there. Next was Penn State, minus 20. Uh, going, I didn't think I'd be mentioning JT Daniels this much on this first episode, but here we are. JT Daniels was at West Virginia last year, 
So I watched more of their games than I probably would have if he wasn't there. And there were times where it felt like he was playing one versus 21 instead of 11 versus 11 uh, for that team. That was the worst coach power five team I've ever seen in my life last year, West Virginia. I mean, they were actively getting in the way, trying to lose games. And, I mean, he'd be putting some balls on the money. They'd be dropping them, turned into pick sixes. There was one game where they jumped off sides on a fourth and four to let the other team need the game. It's just everything that you see from a poorly coached team they were doing. That's why I was big on Penn State minus 20. Now, a lot of you are going to be saying, oh, you got lucky on that one. You know, they should have just needed out at the end, but they ran it in for a touchdown. No. Penn State also missed two chip shot field goals in the first half. And if those went in, this spread would have never been in doubt. So justice was served on that one. Also, we now know James Franklin, he cares about the point spread. Some of these coaches do, guys. I'm t- some of these coaches will coach to the point spread. They know that their boosters bet on them to cover the spread, and they're going to do whatever it takes to uh, get over that number because that keeps you in good graces with the boosters. If things go sideways, you might find yourself on the hot seat. You're going to be a lot more likely for people to give you another year to stick around if you won them money this year than if you lost them money. And now we know. Franklin, coaches to the point spread, always good to know. Next up, North Carolina, South Carolina. We split in this one. I had North Carolina minus two and a half. And the over, which was 64, the game did not go over. South Carolina has a group of five-level offensive line, we found out. So that is good to know going forward. In my season preview, I actually had them going four and eight this year. So that's looking pretty good for me. And then it came down to in picking teams. Vegas thought the teams were even. I thought North Carolina was better. And especially, like, Spencer Rattler was good. But if I'm picking between those guys, give me the guy who's probably going number two in the draft next year and Drake May. Moving on, Texas Tech minus 14 at Wyoming. I was very high on Texas Tech coming into this season. I thought they had. A, I thought Texas was going to win the Big 12. Texas Tech might come in second in the Big 12. And they're minus 14. They were up 17 nothing before you could blink. I thought this is an easy winner. Then after that, it was pulling teeth for them to just get a first down the rest of the game. They end up losing in double overtime to Wyoming. Disappointing start of them. That was going to be my upset pick coming into this week. was going to be Texas Tech hosting Oregon. I was going to pick Texas Tech in that one. Now, I don't know what's going on there, but eh, could still be a good against a spread play for them. But with how those two teams look, you got to be crazy to pick Texas Tech over Oregon this week. Uh, Next up, Old Dominion plus 14, another loss. That one was pretty close. They were at Virginia Tech. This is more of a fade Virginia Tech than a pro Old Dominion play, but didn't end up working out for us. They stayed within that number for most of the game, but at the end, the Power 5 roster of Virginia Tech, just a little bit too much for them. I did have one in an early Sunday game. We're going to circle back to that one because it's pretty interesting. I think I might have figured something out for all you folks out there. So we'll skip to LSU Florida State last night. That was another one. I went one and one in that one. I had LSU. It was the wrong play. I wasn't based on anything. It was just gut feeling. Everyone was talking about Florida State all offseason saying, man, if they can just split between LSU and Clemson in September, I was like, ah. I don't know. I'd kind of like them to lose both of those games now. I mean, we'll see how Clemson looks tonight against Duke. But 
Florida State's probably going to be a favorite going into Death Valley there. And if they are, I'll probably be taking Clemson in the points. But we'll, that's a few weeks down the road. We'll see. But very impressive from Florida State. LSU a little underwhelming, and the scoreboard showed it. Uh, we also had the over 56, which that it got a little hairy there in the fourth quarter, but it was definitely the right play. Should have been way more points scored in that game, but that over hit for us anyway. You won't be watching this until after the fact, but I am on Clemson minus 12 tonight. I'm giving that one out. Back when I gave it out over the summer, it was minus 12. Now it's up to 13, but, you know, that number probably won't come into play. I'm pretty confident in this one. Uh, Garrett Riley and Cade Klubnick are going to come out with a point to prove against Duke tonight. So, this circle back game. So, yesterday, Rutgers was hosting Northwestern at noon. And betting, which, again, I don't do. I'm not in a legal state. That would be wrong. But... Betting is all about value, right? If you're betting something, you believe that it's more likely to happen than the odds that you're getting are. And then over time, if you bet everything like that, you're not going to win all of them, but you're going to win more of them than the uh, the value that they're giving you. So you'll come out on top. What I wanted to bet in that game, because remember, they just had to fire Pat Fitzgerald late into the offseason with a scandal. And so I thought Northwestern was going to be a mess. What I was going to bet was Northwestern team total under, which was, depending on where you were looking, anywhere from 16 to 17. Now, on team totals, best odds you're probably going to get is minus 115. And how that works is everything's set to a $100 scale on the odds. So if it's a minus 115 bet, that means you have to bet $115 to win 100. Now, you don't have to bet that much, but that's the odds that you're getting is 115 to win 100. So I said, now this is not going to be a 100% correlation. There's going to be times where the team total would have hit but the bet that I'm about to tell you to make loses because it's not going to be 100% correlation. But I said, instead of taking Northwestern team total under, what I'm going to take is Rutgers to cover the spread and the game under in a parlay. Same game parlay. And what that did is took the odds from minus 115 that I would have been doing with the team total under to plus 250 which means if you bet $100 and that bet wins, you get $250. So you go from minus odds to plus odds, which is always a good thing, and it's a big-time payout with a plus 250 uh, parlay there. Turned out Rutgers won the game 24-7, to so the team total for Northwestern under would have hit easily, but so did this parlay. Rutgers covered six easily, and it stayed under 39 and a half pretty easily with 31 total points in that game. So that's where we stand nine and 10, but with that parlay, we're plus money. If you took all these picks and bet them in a legal state. So nine and 10, the record's not that great, but uh, with the odds implied there, we're above water there. So that's where we are right now. Again, looking forward to watching Clemson Duke here in just a minute. If you're watching on YouTube again, like subscribe, don't know what that does for me, but 
please do it. It's totally free, obviously. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BenHardy5. Follow me on Instagram at Benjamin J. Hardy. If you are listening on podcast, then the YouTube channel is Ben Hardy CFB. CFB stands for college football because we're about that life. Again, so it was a fun week one, and uh, we'll see when this week two preview comes out. Again, should be Thursday, Friday, or Saturday at some point. Again, I hope to see you all back for that one, and thanks for watching.